welcome to another episode of the Trusted Advisor podcast and video series powered by the Retail Solutions Providers Association. Our goal on the pod is to accelerate the success of today's and tomorrow's leaders in the retail IT industry. I'm Jim Roddy back with you again. Thank you so much for joining us. This will be a special solo episode of the podcast where it's just you and me hanging out over the electronic back fence, as a friend of mine in the radio business likes to say. And that's kind of a good visual of how neighborhoods used to be, right? People used to just be hanging out in their yards, lean over the fence and be able to talk to each other. So that's hopefully what we'll be able to do today. So I have a few thoughts that I want to share with you, but I want to start by letting you know that this is going to be the last episode of the Trusted Advisor podcast for at least a month or maybe six or seven weeks. Now, no, I'm not being taken off the air for too many corny jokes that didn't land. If that was a crime, I would be guilty as charged. I'd be uh, in prison for more than a month, that's for sure. But after this episode drops in, in early July, my focus for the rest of the month is going to be on retail now. And most of you know that uh, the RSP's annual trade show, Retail Now, it's taking place July 25th through 27th in Nashville. And so in the immediate aftermath of that event, there's a lot to do in terms of follow-up. There's a lot of good ideas that we get, and then we try to move forward with that. So it's really a time to advance your thinking. And so need to make sure we focus on executing right after that event. But that's part one of why we're taking time off. Part two is my wife and I are after retail now, about a week afterwards, we're going to take our first just us vacation since our honeymoon. So that's been 17 years since my wife and I just went out of town together. Now, we're going to go to Las Vegas uh, for a few days. She's never been there before, and I've actually only been there for trade shows. I think it was maybe on the 12th trade show where I finally took some time to walk up and down the strip and uh, current RSPA chairperson David Gossman was attending that same show. He's like, you've never done that before? When we actually had, I think, the same flight or right around the same time. So he's like, come on, we lugged our luggage and we were wheeling it up and down and uh, diving into everything we could on the, on the strip there. So my wife and I are going to do that. That's going to take up some time as well. And that's going to pull me away uh, from the podcast here. So thank you for understanding why we're taking a brief hiatus. But I can tell you, when we come back, we're going to have more great interviews, going to introduce you to more smart people who are going to shape your thinking and make your business better, guaranteed. I also guarantee we're going to have some fun. We're going to have some more Battle of the Channel Stars episodes. Those have received great feedback as we started them. And we're going to have a laugh uh, on every uh, episode that we can as much as possible. You know that if you're a frequent listener to this podcast. But before we go on break, I have a few thoughts that I'd like to share with you. So First, back in March, I wrote a blog that's on the RSP website. It's five simple steps to alleviate your customer's phone stress phone frustration. So I know many people read it because I got a lot of positive feedback on it, but apparently many VARs and ISVs either didn't see that post or they're just ignoring the advice. So part of my job for the RSPA, so I call resellers and software developers several times a week. And then just as a regular consumer, I'm calling small businesses. And so some of the folks I reach out to, they have automated messages and phone systems that are simple, clear, and effective, right? They get me where I need to go. They do it quickly and clearly. But others, it's even hard to describe how difficult they are to, to navigate. But let me get into specifics. Here's what I've run into. So first, I'm presented a menu of like seven different options where I want my call routed. And after considering just for five seconds which number I should press, a robotic voice says to me, exiting the system, goodbye. And then I'm 
disconnected. You're like, well, that's not a great experience. So that's happened occasionally. What's really common is the only automated phone attended options are like sales and customer service or sales service and accounting. And so there's no option for general inquiries. There's no option to press zero and speak with someone. I know a lot of them like, well, let me try zero and see where that goes anyway. And I get, you know, that option is not valid. Another thing I'd run into a lot is the automated attendant says, press zero to speak with an operator. And I think, great. So I do, and then nobody answers, right? It just keeps ringing and ringing and ringing until I finally hang up. But I just wonder, where am I calling, right? Is it a phone sitting in the middle of an office and nobody's there and the phone is just ringing incessantly, right? Is it one of those, if a tree falls in the forest and there's nobody there, does anybody hear it? So is it that? Or is it ringing and there are actually people in the office are just looking over at the phone going, yeah, I'm not going to get that, right? Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm busy doing other things. Or is it like a digital phone where it's not even a phone, a device that somebody would pick up and it's just ringing nowhere. It's just me actually reaching out to absolutely nothing. So I'm not sure what happens, but I can tell you it's certainly a frustrating experience. I also have times where I press zero. Nobody answers, but then the general voicemail box says, you know, my call is very important and they'll respond right away. And so I leave a message and I can say 90 plus percent of the time, I never hear back. So how important was my call? And it makes me wonder, like, is general voicemail box just another name for inquiry graveyard, right? Am I the only one they're not calling back? I'm thinking that's not the case. I'm thinking there's a lot of potential customers, a lot of clients, a lot of potential partners who just go to that inquiry graveyard. So Finally, I'm going to stop at this example after this next one because I don't want to have to take blood pressure medication. I'm getting a little worked up as I tell these stories to you. So I, I'm always wondering, why am I told by almost every auto attendant, they say, our options have recently changed, so please listen carefully. And then after I listen carefully, I notice the options are exactly the same as a year ago or exactly the same as almost every other system. Like, why is that the default best practice to get, leave that message? Why should you say something that's usually not true to the person who's calling your business, right? Why is that the template for phone systems? And so it kind of reminds me of when I coached little kids soccer, right? I coached kids like five and six years old, all the way up to 10 and 11 years old, coaching my little brother, coaching my daughter. And so after the game, most teams would have a snack and a juice box afterwards. So, and the parent, who would have that job for that game, right? They have a big burden on them. They have to run around, usually it's last minute. They have to spend like 20 or $30 and they don't know who likes what drink or who likes what food, who's allergic to grape juice, who's allergic to apple juice. You know, you know, in the snack, you can't have peanut butter, right? Because kids have nut allergies. You also have to make sure the snack is in the exact same as the last game and what are all kids gonna like or most kids gonna like. And then the snack ends up being tons of sugar and it's not good for the kids. Okay, so it's not like the snack is the best thing in the world for anybody involved. Same for the coach as well, right? The coach has to not only come up with a practice schedule and a game schedule, they also have to create a snack schedule and they have to distribute that to everybody. And then you find out one of the parents says, hey, I'm sorry, we're out of town that day. And then you go and have to rearrange that schedule. Or what happens most often is like a kid is sick or something happens and the parent who's supposed to be in charge of snack tells you on that day. And so like, what do you do? You know, do you, do you ask another parent to bring something else? So do you get a sub or as a coach, you just grab, grab like a big jug of water and a bag of M&Ms go kids have at it. So that's the whole snack dilemma. And so I do have a point here that ties in from a business standpoint. So it's asking the question, why? And so I asked, why do kids have snacks after every game? 
right? The games take only like an hour or less than an hour. So they're not hungry. And then they all brought something to drink for the game anyway, because you're playing outside in the summer. And then it's a pain for parents and the coach organized. So like, why are we doing this? Why do we choose to do this all the time? And so the last few years I coached with my wife. And so I asked her that question, like, is there something that I'm missing here? And she said, well, the only thing you're missing is that there's actually additional downside of associating a bunch of kids' activities with food, right? It's almost like, you know, the mouse presses a lever, get some food, press a lever again, get some food. So just have the game for the sake of game and the camaraderie and everything that goes along with it. Don't associate another activity with food. So after doing all that thinking and talking and understanding, I saw no significant upside for having snacks after every single game. So, you know, one thing, if anybody's coached uh, before, you know, your first practice, all the parents stay afterwards, you kind of have an, an orientation meeting and I'd share everything with them. Here's our planned practice schedule. Here's our game schedule. Here's a plan for uniforms, team photos. Here's my philosophy. And that includes like involving all the kids, teaching them skills, making it a fun experience. I didn't really care about winning. Like I like to win, but that certainly wasn't number one on the list. In fact, it didn't even make the top five. So I'd go through all that. And one of the first questions from a parent who never had me before as a coach would be, hey, what about snacks? What about snacks after games? And so I'd explain pretty much everything that I said to you just moments ago, but with some less fervor, actually. And then I'd see a couple of new parents grimace and be like, ooh, like I'm used to Tommy or Betty having snacks afterwards. But most parents would say, thank God, like I hated all the snacks and everything that went with it in terms of that I had the burden or my kid would get something I really didn't want them to have. All right, so this story that I just told, it's part about little kids soccer, but the broader point is that you as the leader of an organization, whether it's a kid soccer team or whether it's a VAR business or a software developer, or you're a vendor in the space, whether you have a couple employees or whether you have dozens of employees, you need to frequently ask yourself why you do what you do, right? Why do you say on your automated attendant, listen closely as our options have changed? Why is that the default? Why route calls the way that you do currently? Why doesn't somebody in your organization answer your phone after the first ring? Why do you even have people, why do you have your customers reach out to you preferably through the phone and not through text or maybe a ticketing system or something of that nature? So you've got to ask yourself why. And then after you ask why you do what you do, you have to take a step back and look at your company and understand how you actually operate. Just because you say this is how we want to operate doesn't mean that's actually how your business functions. I learned very early on in my career as a company president, I was taught by the owner, there's a gap between how you think the business operates and how the business actually operates. He said, your job is to minimize that gap. So let's talk and tie back to that phone system again. When's the last time you called your own business line? Right from your cell phone, just called up to see how things got routed. Do you know how many times it rings before somebody picks up? Right? Does your phone system even work at all? Does it roll over to an automated attendant? Does the person pick it up that you want it to? And then if it actually does that automated attendant work, does it work the way that you want it to? Or are you frustrating your clients and your prospects who want to talk to your team? Right. Some places I'll call in the morning. And again, I have those limited options. So I choose sales because I don't want to burden uh, the, the service team. I call sales in the morning and nobody answers. So, all right, I guess I'll call back in the afternoon. Think maybe it's a time zone difference. Maybe I have the wrong city. Nope. Call back in the afternoon. Nobody answers. Call back on another day. Nobody answers whatsoever. Right. What if I wanted to buy something from that business? Right. I have money. 
I want to give you my money and you won't take it from me at all, right? And that's how some folks are operating right now, but they don't even realize it because they're not stepping back to look at how they're currently functioning. So what do you do, right? I don't want to just get up on here in a soapbox and say, I'm complaining, right? Old man shouting at cloud kind of thing, right? I want to provide you some actionable information. So related to your phone system specifically, first, read that RSP blog post. Again, it's five simple steps to alleviate your customer's phone's frustrations. Then next, what you want to do is take action to create a delightful customer experience for those who do call you, right? You're going to be able to call in and you're going to be able to ask other people to call in and see what they think of the experience or what they prefer, right? The phone system that you have is a loud and clear example of your company culture. It shows how easy you are to work with or it shows that you're not easy to work with. It shows how highly functional and highly organized you are and thorough and efficient or it shows that you're not. So taking those actions, it's kind of symbolic of my larger point. Don't spend all your time working in your business. You have to take time to work on your business. Don't spend all your time with installs, troubleshooting, sales, people management, invoicing, collections, taking out the trash, right? You need to do all those things, but you also need to work on your business and adjust where it's heading. And if you don't do that as the leader, right? No one else is going to do that for you. You've got to make sure you're adapting your trajectory, you're changing it, you're keeping up with the times, right? The folks who don't do that, it reminds me of this uh, this old cartoon. And so it's a picture of, it's like from the War of 1812 or something like that, people in their military clothes. You know, there's a tent between uh, their, them on the right and there's somebody on the left. And so the general is uh, besides that tent and he's saying, I don't have time to, time to talk with anybody, right? I'm busy with the war. I'm busy with my troops, food, supplies, my cot needs fixed, right? I have all these things that are going on. But on the other side of that tent, is a salesperson who's selling machine guns, right? And again, back in the War of 1812, that would have been a significant advantage, right? So what if that general took time to step back and ask, how can we do things better? Maybe this person can help me, right? If he worked on his organization, he would have discovered something that would have gotten him the outcome that he wanted faster, much, much faster, right? So it's admirable to have your head down and work on your business, right? That's not like just blowing off and going on vacation all the time. Not that there's anything wrong with going on vacation. I'm doing that soon anyway. We all have to take some R&R. But just because you're putting your head down and working on your business doesn't mean you're doing the right thing. You also need to look up. You need to look around and see what you can do better. The visual I have for that is a periscope, right? Head down, head down, head down. Occasionally, you've got to put your eyes in the periscope, lift it up, look above all the other things that are going on and see what can you do better from a philosophical standpoint, a business model standpoint, offering new products, new services. What can you do to improve your culture? What are some new philosophies that are out there? What vertical market should maybe you look at? What's adjacent to your current market that maybe you should uh, be able to start looking into? If you as a leader don't do that, as I said before, nobody else will. And if you don't do that, that leads to you being less relevant. And in time, the less relevant you get, then you become irrelevant. Now, I do have to say, because you're listening to this podcast, because you've listened so far already, you're ahead of the curve. I'm not saying because listening to me automatically makes you some genius, but it shows that you are taking time to say, I need more information. I need to learn more. I can do better. My business can do better. We can do better, right? You've chosen to invest your time, some of your time, in terms of improvement, not just spending your time going through the motions doing the same thing that you did.
And so I'm going to tie that in with the main reason why we're pausing uh, recording of our episodes of the Trusted Advisor for a few weeks. So Retail Now 2021 is the best opportunity that you'll have this year to work on your business, right? So there's 80, 87,000, I'm sorry, 8,760 hours in a year. So the 48 hours that you spend at Retail Now, that's the evening of Sunday, July 25th through the afternoon of Tuesday, July 27th. That's the best investment that you can make to recalibrate the direction of your business for the following eight hours, right? For the next 12 months, maybe the next 10,000 hours, or maybe you'll make a new partnership or add a new product or service that's going to pay dividends for you over the next several years. So maybe you're 48 hours at retail now working on your business could impact you for 40,000 hours, right? That'd be five years or so, right? It could be longer than that after the show. I think about events that I went to five years ago, 10 years ago, that really changed the way that I operate. And so that could be the opportunity that you have this year if you invest the time working on your business, if you invest that time. So I've always said over years, you know, be, even before I work full time for retail now, I've been going to that show for 15 years. I used to say that that event is like making a thousand phone calls across just two or three days. And we started this podcast talking about how hard it can be actually getting someone on the phone. Right. So there's tons of helpful information in a very condensed period of time. Don't be too busy to attend retail now this year and never, ever, ever be too busy to work on your business. Well, that's all we have for today. Before we go, we want to thank the RSP major sponsors for 2021. Our platinum sponsors are Blue Star and Shift 4. Our gold sponsors are ScanSource and Heartland. Also, be sure to subscribe to the RSP YouTube channel and the Trusted Advisor podcast so you never miss an episode. We'd also appreciate if you'd rate us wherever you find your favorite podcast. My personal philosophy, the more stars, the better. Also want to share a few thank yous before we go on break and wrap up this episode. Thanks to RSP Marketing Manager Chris Arnold for his production work, Joseph McDade for our music, and last but not least, thanks so much to you for listening. Our goal at the RSP is to accelerate the success of our members in the point-of-sale ecosystem by providing knowledge and connections. For more information, please visit our website at gorspa.org. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, everybody.